how you doing, everybody out there in the internet wrestling community and everywhere, all over Facebook and other social media. It is me. It is me, the big old Stevie C, Steve Castellanovo, kicking it with you on what would have been a SummerSlam Sunday, but it's actually SummerSlam Saturday, yesterday. Today is NXT TakeOver 36, which... I'm just going to hit the ground running with my hot takes. I feel like part of the reason why they flipped SummerSlam to Saturday instead of Sunday is that they did not want NXT to further embarrass the blue and red brands. Well, but here we are anyway to talk about the fallout from SummerSlam yesterday and the giant news coming from all sides of professional wrestling. And you can only find news, information, and analysis on the Heel and Face podcast brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. Well, today was a bumpy start nonetheless, but here we are. Here I am getting you through a huge week. And, you know, excuse me, it may start out You may think that this is going to be just a huge rant fest, and you're more than welcome, by the way, to comment on the video while I'm talking. Like, share, subscribe, notify, comment below, not just here the Heel and Face podcast Facebook page, but also Heel Turn Wrestling at HT Wrestling 316. You can interact with the show, and you can tell me if I'm ranting or not, or if I'm a hater or not, and I'm not really trying to be a hater. I am going to end today's show with a little bit of positivity and a little bit of um, a little bit of advice for wrestling fans going forward from both sides, because it's really again more unnecessary hating on both sides. I'm going to point out some facts, and I'm going to try to stay as impartial and as objective as possible. But of course, being a wrestling fan, you know, of course, I have my likes and dislikes as well, just like you guys. So I want you guys to comment below. So I want you guys to uh, interact with me on Twitter. I want you guys to watch the video later and then go back and comment. And I'll recheck. Uh, I've already done that quite a bit this weekend. And as a matter of fact, I want to shout out some new fans that I have from Wales. Uh, So shout out to you guys uh, watching along out there, listening along. Uh, definitely uh, letting uh, the word out there that I am doing a podcast that I try not to do the same podcast that everybody else does. I try to have a little bit more news and impartiality and just kind of inform you. And, you know, if I want you to know my opinion or comment on the world of professional wrestling, I'll try to separate it as much from news as possible. And of course have like a smart aleck response somewhere, a sarcastic reply at some point. And this is actually a weekend to be happy to be a wrestler, though. Let's not lie. This was probably one of the greatest weeks that professional wrestling has ever had and probably one of the greatest weeks that a professional wrestling fan can have. So I'm not going to necessarily hate. I'm going to point out some things, like I said, that concern me, but I'm also going to point out some things that are looking forward to. So we shall see. Has the landscape of professional wrestling shifted? Who knows? Who knows? The only thing I do know is I am here brought to you by Heel Turn Wrestling. So go to Facebook and search for HT Wrestling 316 and you can find us there. We're at 104,000 likes. So shout out to us. Uh, We should be getting hopefully more subscriptions and then we can 
hopefully start producing way more content. I want to shout out everybody involved. I want to shout out to the turnbuckle, the boys over there. I want to shout out Pierce Austin. I want to shout out the meme gods, Leo and Adam, alcoholic Adam. I also want to shout out the ringleader, the boss man himself, Billy Alexander. So everybody who is making this thing work and bringing you the biggest fan driven, fan oriented sports page on Facebook. I just want to shout everybody out and just make sure that you guys go ahead and follow everybody else's pages and not just mine when you go to heel turn wrestling. So let's do that. And let's just get right into the news then, shall we? I know what you're thinking. <clears throat> you have a lot to talk about. And there was a lot of impactful information happening in the world of professional wrestling. Yes, there was. And I will talk about it r- right now. But sorry, swerve. This is what they call a tease in the business. And we're going to go to New Japan first. Ha, 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 ha. But that's cool because you need to know this information too. Uh, New Japan has just announced that the English broadcast for the G1 Climax 31 will be exclusively on New Japan Wrestling Promotion or whatever it's called, NJWP1974.com. New Japan Pro Wrestling. I think I actually messed that up and I apologize. So I'm going to fix that graphic right now. I really do try to go in and I do edit and I, I am a little embarrassed whenever I mess up uh, and edit. So I am going to fix it as I'm talking to you because, again, we do this live, pal. And I'm the only one uh, producing the show. So I just want to get it right. There we go. Back for the attack. That's right. New Japan Pro Wrestling. So they are going to have the exclusive English broadcast on New Japan Pro Wrestling, NJPW1974.com. If I'm not mistaken, that includes uh, Kevin Kelly, uh, Rocky Romero, and maybe Josh Barnett, I think. I haven't really been following the English announced team. But I think it's important because outside of Wrestle Kingdom and... um, the World Tag League and Summer Showdown. I think the G1 Climax is probably uh, the biggest uh, series of promotions that they have every year. If I were to rank this, probably finding something similar in WWE, it's probably Survivor Series because you know you have WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and then probably Survivor Series. So this is what that is. And they wanted you to know that they are broadcasting the American, uh, uh, the English, I'm sorry, on their webpage so you can find it. And the G1 Climax 31 will be actually starting in about a month, actually less than a month, probably two or three weeks, September 18th through October 21st. So something to definitely Keep in mind, put on your calendar if you are a New Japan fan, and you know you are, so, you know, you're welcome for the update. Speaking of update, though, and tragic events that happened in the world, though, we're just going to get right to it. We're going to rip off this Band-Aid, and we're just going to get to the sad thing that happened, because speaking of the uh, World Tag League and the Junior World Tag League, uh, something sad happened, and I know, brace yourself, I know that there's former members of the Healing Face podcast are going to be very upset to hear this because I'm just as upset reporting it to you, but 
Yo ends a nine-year partnership with Show with a shocking turn at the Super Junior Tag League 2021. Now I know now I know that you're thinking this is a very tragic situation. Of course it is. It's never good when a partner turns on another. There was talk that Show was going to get a major push, maybe a singles push, and then get you know into the stratosphere and then be, become a part of the um, junior heavyweight division as a single. Uh, but they were going to get one major push as a tag team and then kind of go their separate ways. But then I believe uh, Yo got injured and kind of derailed their final push. So they came back to be in the tag league and it was not good for them. They did not get any points whatsoever. They just zeroed out. They had zero points. They had been beaten by every team. And then this match in particular, I, um, I believe I'm not mistaken was, uh, well, I don't want to say, cause I don't, uh, I don't want to speak and not know. I want to say bandito, but I don't think that's right. But this was during this match and yo, basically, uh, or show basically left yo lying at the mercy of the other team who got the quick victory and just walked away. And then when the other team left the ring, he came back in and put his boot on his neck. And at the press conference afterwards, show said, yo is of no use to me anymore. So very disheartening, very sad. You know, we're talking uh, the rockers break up we're talking maybe the Steiners break up. We're talking about a major fan favorite tag team that broke up. We're talking the shield here, you know, with Seth Rollins whacking everybody in the back with a chair. It's very sad, but at this, at this uh, rate too, we're also going to get the obvious show versus yo feud. I'm sure yo is going to want to take his revenge and he's going to go after his partner and they're just going to have a big blood feud, so to speak for the next year, which I'm looking forward to and which will lead to, the most likelihood of show being elevated into the junior heavyweight uh, championship uh, contention. So this is how it is. It's wrestling kids. You know, it's like, like they say, it's not the wrestling fun. It's not the wrestling friendship. It's the wrestling business. So um, prayers up for yo. And hopefully he can get his revenge on his former tag team partner. But that's not even the most shocking things that happened this week in the world of professional wrestling. As sad as that sounds, as sad as that is. But what is, I will tell you. There are very little things that are left to the imagination for the modern professional wrestling fan anymore. You know, kayfabe is dead, right? There's no real surprises. The last time anybody was really surprised at anything, um, probably, you know, died during ECW's uh, flicking of the lights and whatnot to enhance someone's shocking return or shocking first match in ECW. There's really nothing shocking anymore to quote Jane's Addiction. Shout out to everybody out there who remembers that reference. But the one thing... The death of kayfabe has brought, obviously, with in conjunction with 
the information age and the technology ages, there's no more secrets. There's got to be a super level of care and intent to try to keep a secret anymore. And as people have been speculating for at least the last month and a half now, it seems like a lot of people's um, dreams came true and the fulfillment of a long, 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 long time coming. But if you take a look at this picture, a picture tells a thousand words as long time modern wrestling fan favorite hero icon legend CM Punk made his return to the world of professional wrestling by signing a what seems to be pretty hefty long-term deal with all elite wrestling. So I'm going to do what they call in the business, letting it breathe. I'm going to let it breathe for just a second. And by letting it breathe, I also took a drink of my beverage of choice right now, which is an energy drink. And I'm going to come back and tell you that it is, in fact, clobbering time. Please comment below and let me know how you feel about this. Please tell me what you think, because I know that there's a lot of um, controversy and I know that uh, people are very divided in what their opinion is of CM Punk. I'm going to get into trouble a little bit and it's all going to come back at the end because at the end of this podcast, I am going to tell everybody my true feelings and that's not an intentional tease. I just want to put all this stuff out there because again, as an English teacher, I want to put down all the textual information and I want to put down all the facts and I want to get all the primary sources straight before I come to some type of conclusion or some type of opinion. So I just want to go out there and, um, and I'll put out there. And the first piece of textual evidence is from CM Punk's um, promo himself. And I did watch AEW Dynamite for those of you keeping score at home. And every time I say that I'm not going to watch physically watch AEW anymore. And then something like this happens. So CM Punk cuts his promo. And one of the points that he made that I actually do agree with is the following. I understand if you all try to understand that I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. So, okay. All right. Hey, man, I'm with you. I'm with you on that one. I have firsthand experience being places that sapped me physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, and, you know, Mentally, I get it. By the way, shout out. Good news, everybody. I got my nine to five gimmick back and I started this week. So I'm really excited to be back part of uh, the education field. And uh, it's really sick and I'm really excited uh, for it. But I know what he's feeling like, because even though I was unceremoniously let go by my former employer in 2016, I have absolutely no desire None whatsoever to go back. It was, it's a toxic environment. And I know some of you who follow me on Facebook, on my personal page, you know where I used to teach, you know where I used to go. So I'm not going to, you know, drag too much under, under the mud, at least not on a wrestling podcast. But I will let you know that 
there, the the districts where I worked was is a very toxic environment. It's a very uh, unfriendly environment for the development of young people. Um, it's very uh, against the uh, nurturing of staff members. There's a reason why teachers only last on average five to seven years before they either quit the teaching or quit the district or uh, find another job doing something else. So the teachers that they keep in this particular district aren't exactly uh, the ones that they really, um, they don't, they don't protect the good teachers and they seem to find a way to keep the bad ones around. And that's all the editorialization that I'm going to give on that. And as far as my case goes, I just got on the wrong side of the wrong people. Um, I had, uh, I've had uh, multiple positive evaluations. I've had multiple commendations from the districts before 2013 when this all started falling apart for me. I've had multiple uh instructional leaders within the districts quietly tell me of how much they appreciated the job that I did and how uh, much I connected with the students and how much I improved uh, the students that I worked with before. But as far as administration goes and as far as uh, the district itself goes, uh, it, 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 it is very difficult to keep your sanity there. So I get it 100%. The reason why CM Punk was unhappy in WWE is the very reason why a lot of people are unhappy. And now that the emperor doesn't have any more clothes, I feel like in a lot of ways that started with CM Punk. And people are now uh, aware and people are now calling out the WWE for all this stuff. So if you see more people who are angry that Bronson Reed was let go and yet they signed some random track star from a division three school who went to Las Vegas last week or whatever, you know, there people are upset for a reason. And this is the reason if nothing else, CM Punk's impact on professional wrestling is going to be largely due to not only being himself, but really shedding a lot of light on a very closed door company closed door corporation. So I'm with him. When he says something like, why would I stay at a place that made me sick in the first place? I have no desire to go back to where I was teaching prior to 2016. There would be some very extenuating circumstances where I would even consider going back. And that would also include um, a lot of money, which is what CM Punk is getting to. So I'm not going to hate on him for that. But now we'll go to the second part of this. Now, I've talked too much about myself. I'm going to go to the second part of this, which I think is a little more. I can't get with him on this one. I can't get with him on this one. So the second part of the quote that he has here is August 13th, 2005. I left professional wrestling. OK. I'm going to I'm going to turn it back on me. I'm going to have to stop you right there. And my buddy and I had a discussion about this. And my buddy who I met teaching at the first high school that we were both hired to had the same conversation last night. You can't 
dismiss a huge part of your life when it kept you relevant. So let's go back to my analogy. If you all want to humor me for just a minute or two, if you want to humor me, um, nothing as far as where I used to work prior to 2016 was ever the fault of the students or a handful of my coworkers, the, the handful of coworkers that uh, were not, you know, duplicitous and connived behind my back. It was never the students. It was never the functioning of the building itself. It was never, you know, any other staff members per se that ever had issues with. It was always administration. I don't regret not one second that I spent in the two public high schools that I taught in over the past 15, 16 years or so. I don't, not one minute. I don't regret any of my former students. I don't regret any of the friendships that I continue to have with some of them on social media, uh, not for the world. My time where I spent was where I spent it. And I put 100% of myself into my job. At least I tried as hard as I could. I know the last two or three years before I left were very, very stressful, uh, which is again, probably what CM Punk felt when he was in the WWE. But I don't, I don't like erase that. Like all of a sudden I don't erase uh, 2004 to 2016. Uh, not at all. I have so many friends. I have, I have so many, like I said, my former students. Um, I have so many great memories being at those high schools uh, that I wouldn't trade that for the world. So I'm not going to sit here and totally denigrate and act as though that didn't happen. It happened because I tell you what, despite my troubles with administrators later in my career there, I had fantastic memories. I have fantastic things. I was peaking, honestly, at my profession at some point. Um, I was, again, like I said, I was at some point I was getting very, very good evaluations from uh, other administrators. I was getting very, very positive feedback from people that I respected who were in administration. Um, I was becoming uh, pretty well versed in helping students after school with what they did. Uh, I was advisor, proudly an advisor that uh, some students came up to me and said, if we didn't have the club that you were advising, uh, we probably would never have come back to school or never wanted to come back to Whetstone. Oops, sorry, I put it out there. Yikes. My uh, point, ha, ha, my point is, I wasn't, I'm sorry, I wasn't as subtle as CM Punk was just last night. Uh, but the point that I'm trying to make is I would never trade that time that I spent in that school district for the world. So for CM Punk to basically say that what he did from 2005 to uh, whatever, 2000, blah, 2013, whatever, that didn't exist, that's a little disingenuous. Uh, the summer of punk two existed. We all know it existed. He even recognized it existed because he had a post at some point last week that said 05, 12, and then 21. So 12, obviously in reference to summer of punk two, where he took the belt and confronted triple H at the comic con and all that stuff. So when people say that I'm hating on CM punk, please do not quote me the dark magic. I was there when it was formed. I'm not hating on CM Punk per se. I think that the second part of that, that August uh, 13th, 2005 quote, again, is a little disingenuous because it gave us 
the summer of punk too. It gave us the straight edge society. It gave us some pretty good wrestling. And yes, it did prove that CM Punk was a, is a fantastic wrestler because he was able to take chicken excrement and make it into chicken salad. And if it wasn't for the uh, nerve damage that he suffered in his lower back, that admittedly WWE did mess up big time uh, medically for that. He probably would still even be there. So I don't, think that you should definitely get rid of parts of your past that kind of made you who you are again and again i'm not not trying to hate but do you think he would have gotten the uh, to to write the drax the destroyer miniseries from marvel if he was phil brooks recently retired pro wrestler in 2010 i mean would would he been able to have gotten a job acting on heels on stars if he was Phil Brooks retired professional wrestler because he implied strongly in his promo that basically it was a mistake to go to WWE and he should have stayed on the independence in Ring of Honor would he have gotten to the level of relevancy if he had not gone WWE that's the big question I have. So if that is a hateful statement, if that is a haterism, then that's fine. But again, I'm trying to give you objective facts to the situation. And objective facts to the situation is it is very difficult to determine unless we have the time stone to go back or if we're trying to uh, make time variance. It's going to be very difficult to go back and analyze whether or not CM Punk would have been a professional wrestling superstar in 2006 in 2007 without being in the WWE who knows he could have gone to PWG could have wrestled in Japan he could have wrestled in Mexico this whole time um, maybe he could have gone to Global Force Wrestling who knows all I know is that to say that seven years of your life was irrelevant because you hated your job I don't know I can't I can't get with that I, I can't get with that so congrats to CM Punk for coming back to the world of professional wrestling. And I'm going to kind of leave it there and let that kind of take legs and think about that because CM Punk's return to professional wrestling wasn't the only return this weekend to professional wrestling. And we're going to talk about it next. Plus we'll preview NXT 36 and as some wrestlers come back will one be leaving who knows let's talk about it on the flip side you are watching the healing face podcast brought to you by heel turn wrestling we'll be back in a few all right so uh thanks for hanging with me for those few seconds so i could get a drink you are watching the healing face podcast a podcast dedicated to the news information and commentary from the world of professional wrestling Sometimes MMA, sometimes boxing, but mostly professional wrestling here on Heel Turn Wrestling. Well, so that's out of the bag. CM Punk is back. And it was a pretty terribly kept secret. Living Color blasted on their Twitter page and their Twitter handle that uh, AEW secured the rights to the song. So I just thought it was really cute watching 30-somethings try to mumble with the lyrics of Call of Personality, which, uh, you know, they had a better time trying to mumble the words to Judas, Judas in my mind. 
Either way, everybody had a good time and there was a lot of fan service. But the fans were served up a super dose of returns. And let's get right to it. Let's just get right to the big pay-per-view last night. Survivor Series. That's right, kids. Here we go. I'm sorry, not Survivor Series. SummerSlam. Here we go. The second biggest wrestling event in WWE. And let's talk about it. Um, You know, it wasn't as bad as some people said it was. Uh, It wasn't greatest either. But the matches were pretty good, and I think everything made sense. Now, whether you liked it or not, whether you agreed with what made sense and what didn't make sense, that's kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't even want to say irrelevant because that's rude, but the returns last night and the things that happened um, happened logically enough that they can proceed forward and try to upstage the competition that is AEW. And the return of Phil Brooks to professional wrestling. So let's get with it. Um, the pre-show, something very charming and underrated that's happening that I know he's been getting a lot of heat for, for stupid reasons. But Baron Corbin is now Hobo Joe running around trying to uh, draw sympathy despite the fact that he shows up on TV every week, and unless he's really not getting paid, unless he's being given an opportunity, pal, you know, the whole thing is silly. All right, so let's suspend our disbelief, and let's assume that Baron Corbin is broke. Uh, hilariously, he stole Big E's money in the briefcase, and he's playing this to perfection. Let me, again, for probably the 15th time, publicly apologize to Baron Corbin for two, three years ago, burying him, saying he's boring and uh, wishing that he wasn't a wrestler and he's just some guy. Not only has he fulfilled his duties as a not naturally trained professional wrestler, but he has superseded his expectations as a wrestler, as a performer, etc. And he's just pretty doggone naturally funny. Um, this gimmick that he has going on where, you know, he's got spaghetti stains on his shirt and his daughter can no longer eat Wagyu beef. And then he steals... Biggie's money in the bank like that was a thing. Um, hilarious. Good times to be had uh, by all. Biggie, on the other hand, um, you know, he's Biggie. Biggie's been very vocal about who he wants to face. Biggie's been very vocal about wanting to use this money in the bank to elevate him to uh, championship status. Uh, he's also, by the way, and this I didn't know, uh, been making a very strong waves about wanting to fight Bill Goldberg because apparently he grew up as a Bill Goldberg fan and that just goes to show that wrestling is getting crappier. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that just goes to show that you know we don't realize the influence we have or we, we, we're getting by what we see until it, until it happens. Perfect example this weekend I was watching my son Ryan play with his friends outside. They were playing basketball and one of Ryan's friends had a shot. He beat his man off of the dribble, had a left-handed layup, but instead of taking a left-handed layup, did the James Harden, Steph Curry step back and shot a brick. 
I'm not an expert in basketball by any means, but I do know is when you have an open shot with the left hand, you got to take it and don't do the pretty step back moves. No, 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 no. And I think the part of it too is, is that some small part of the influence of the attitude era or whatever guys, the nineties era wrestlers, when you have a guy like Bill Goldberg, who isn't exactly the best trained wrestler, although I'm sure Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker did the best of what he could do. Uh, Goldberg is never going to be technically sound. He's never going to be God rest his soul, Bobby Eaton. He's not going to be, even though we love Bobby, who didn't, He's never going to be Rick Steamboat. He's never going to be Rick Flair. He's never going to be Harley Race. He's just going to be a guy who used to play football, who fell into wrestling and got trained. That being said, Big E, you know, was influenced by Goldberg and now he wants to wrestle Goldberg. I don't know. All I know is Big E won and he beat Baron Corbin. And it was a, it was a fun opening match for the kickoff show. Nobody lost any relevance. Baron Corbin's still the lovable loser, sad sack that mopes around backstage. Big E's still Mr. Positivity, who's got his shot at a future WWE championship. Uh, my buddy and I were discussing the possibility of Big E cashing it in if Bill Goldberg were to win at SummerSlam. Uh, we also were talking about the possibility of uh, Bobby Lashley versus... Biggie at WrestleMania. So, yeah, give me that twice on Sunday. Uh, the next match was actually very shocking, although I had a feeling that it was going to come sooner or later for almost. But we have new Raw Tag Team Champions as RK Bro Bro defeated AJ Styles and almost for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Um, pretty funny, paint by numbers. Uh, Matt Riddle took a lot of the bumps uh, from almost, obviously. Uh, AJ Styles uh, covered up for almost not having to wrestle that long. Of course, you know, AJ Styles is a consummate professional. He's one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. So it worked for him. And uh, he did his thing. Um, he ate the pin. Uh, there was a nice exchange at the end where there was a couple misses. Uh, from the RKO, but eventually Randy Orton got him. Uh, you know, Matt Riddle, hilarious, obviously, as, as usual. And uh, they won. And uh, Matt Riddle, uh, you know, had a pretty funny promo at the end of the backstage, too. Uh, talking, you know, just, uh, if I'm not mistaken. By the way, I think that was Mario Lopez, of all people, who interviewed him backstage and... Uh, and said said something about wait till Randy sees what surprise I have backstage for him in our celebration party or something I don't know but uh, Matt Riddle hilarious RK bro RK bro works man oh and then that's right because Randy Orton said something in the post uh, match interview about you know the three letters are RK bro and Matt Riddle just starts bouncing up and down with laughter so um, that's going to work. You know me. I'm a sucker for people who don't get along in a tag team being tag champions. So this is going to work, and this is going to be hilarious. And maybe AJ Styles almost will get a return match tomorrow night. Who knows? Uh, Alexa Bliss defeated Eva Marie. Okay. It's fine. I um, don't want to see Eva Marie, obviously. And Alexa Bliss continues to make chicken extra bit turning it into chicken salad uh, this Lily thing's a little crazy as we know 
But the one thing that you need to know is Dewdrop not only would not help Eva Marie win the match, but she even ignored Eva Marie, gave her the talk to the hand. I don't know if we're still talking to the hand or not. Put on Eva Marie's ring robe, ring slicker, whatever you call it, all the pleather, and grabbed the microphone and she said, and you're a loser, Eva Marie. Like, you know, how Eva Marie does it. Sorry if I blew your uh, levels there in the sound of that. I apologize. I'll fix it in post. And Dewdrop walked out, laughed, and brought Eva Marie's coat with her. So if we're not going to get anything else out of this, hopefully this is done. And tomorrow on Raw, we'll see the full 100% breakup. And, of course, Dewdrop will probably come out and totally disavow, much to cheers from the audience. And let's hope that she'll cut a promo about you wanted me to be somebody else that I'm not. So I'm Piper, not Dewdrop. And they just drop that whole thing right there. And then uh, Dewdrop squash Eva Marie and move on. So that is my wish and a fervent hope. Uh, the next match, nice surprise. And I'm really happy for this guy. He's another guy has come a long way again from like four or five years ago. I went from why is Punishment Martinez going to WWE when he has so much to do in Ring of Honor to I'm really glad this guy has his opportunity. So Damian Priest defeated Sheamus for the United States Championship, thankfully to get it off of Sheamus. And shout out to all the Puerto Ricans out there who are citizens of the United States, especially David Priest. And David Priest, like, okay, I'm not mad. I actually am one of those people that still thinks that the United States is a lot better than other places around the world, even though I've never been farther than Chicago or Florida. Oh, no, I've been in Newfoundland. I apologize. I've been in Canada a couple times. That doesn't count. It's like America Light. Um, but, you know, Damian Priest was all dressed in the red, white, and blue, so you know he was going over, and he had some really nice things about this is still the land of opportunity and whatnot. So good for him. You know, I know, I get it. WWE wants you to follow the corporate narrative, and which means don't crap on the United States either. Yeah, and, and, and but admittedly, it was a little tiresome, especially since we came off of the Olympics. About half of the American Olympians were like, America sucks right now. But a lot of them, like who I'm going to talk about in a minute, uh, Tamara Mensa, uh, uh, Ocean Stock, and uh, Gable Stevenson, who were in attendance at WrestleMania, uh, were very much like, I love America. So, you know, you just got to feel where you are, man. Read the room. Feel where you are. You can love your country. You can love your country and hate your government. I get all that. I don't want to get too political. I just want to let you know that uh, Damien Priest had a semi-patriotic uh, promo after his match that he won. Um, good spots. It's just it's a Sheamus match, so it's not going to be too crazy, ridiculous uh, athletically, Damian Priest is very good, uh, you know, with the kicks and all that. Very athletic dude. Uh, happy for him. And uh, he deserved it. So now we're getting to the big, the big stuff, the big news, the big enchilada here. So 
Sasha Banks was unable to perform last night for reasons, right? Uh, rumors are swirling. I'm not even going to get into them. You can get into your own dirt sheet, whatever you prefer. I prefer you stay with Heel Turn Wrestling at HG Wrestling 316. But we're not a dirt sheet. We don't claim to be. Uh, matter of fact, we don't even really report much of what the dirt sheets do just because it's just rumor. You know, one, when one website puts a newsworthy article up, it's either clickbait or it gets debunked by someone else 30 seconds later. So we just decide to just research our own stuff and tell you and comment on it that way. So there's a lot of speculation as to why Sasha Banks wasn't there. And um, it turns out that what they did was they said, well, since card subject to change, so they decided that it was going to be Carmella. So Carmella strolls out, right? She's got the she's got the whole thing working, and yeah, there's heat there between her, not heat, but you know what I mean. There's there's history between her and Bianca Belair, so it worked, right? And of course, Bianca Belair was uh, thrown off her game, but she's wrestled Carmella lately, so she didn't really she wasn't really pressed by it. Well, as soon as Carmella hit the ring you hear somebody's music go off. Whoa. And that second, bang, the man is back. Becky Lynch is back in the WWE, ladies and gentlemen, and she did not waste any time. She came in the ring, tossed Carmella out, and basically told the champ, let's get a real match going on here. I'm willing if you are. Bianca Belair agreed to it. 30 seconds of one right hook later. One, two, three. Bianca Belair gets pinned for the belt. And new WWE Women's SmackDown Championship is owned by the man, Becky Lynch. So, yeah. I have slight problems with this, but I will get over it with time as most fans will. Fans were split on this. Some of you guys really liked it, thought it made sense. Well, okay, let's put that out there. This made sense. Despite what you may emotionally have reacted to last night, it makes sense. So even me being a Bianca Blair fan and not thinking it was completely respectful of what happened, it makes sense. So I'm willing to start working through that on my own. That's what I'm going to work on. I can't tell you how to fan. I'm just telling me what I'm going to do. So the man getting the belt is meaningful in a lot of different ways. And now the company is going to move forward with another marketable, extremely over star that people have been waiting to come back to professional wrestling. So uh, she's been out for a year, obviously, birthing a human. That wasn't uh, enough for her on her resume. She wanted to come back and be uh, reclaim her belt. Good for her. I think it makes sense. The slight problem is since Bianca Belair's a face, there are very limited challengers. I believe this is probably why Dakota Kai is going to come up. Uh, believe this. I think they should reinstitute Carmella as a serious contender. Of course, you got Zelina Vega too. So, I mean, there's some good possibilities if you want to try to elevate female wrestlers and have them chase Becky Lynch or possibly even beat her for the belt. But they just generated enough buzz for you to be interested. I My heart broke for Bianca Belair. She worked so hard and she, I don't think she really deserved it. What happened to her was pretty bad. 
But again, I can't not argue the logic of why they would do it. I really wish it would have been longer than a squash. Again, what do I know? Uh, my buddy had a good point. He said, when you're training to fight somebody and the card is subject to change in the real world, like in boxing or MMA, and they bring somebody up, you, you don't plan for them. You plan for the person that you're trying to fight. As a matter of fact, ironically enough, Manny Pacquiao was supposed to fight somebody, and he ended up fighting a guy named Ugas last night. I didn't follow it because obviously I was watching wrestling, but the whole point of that is is that Pacquiao was supposed to fight one person, and that person backed out or whatever for whatever reason and totally flipped the script and got somebody new. So nobody. So I don't know what the results are, by the way, of the fight last night, but the only thing that makes sense is from what my buddy was trying to say, which is if you get a brand-new opponent that you've never had time to prepare for never faced before – of course you're going to lose because you're going to lose on the uh, unpredictability factor. You're going to lose on the lack of knowledge of your opponent. And so that makes sense. It also makes sense to give Becky the belt because then she has something and she can go around and whatever. Again, who's going to be the credible uh, person to go uh, fight her for it? I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, and that was the first, by the way, shocking appearance of the night. Uh, next match, the Raw match of the evening was Jinder Mahal versus Drew McIntyre. Like, I love Jinder Mahal. You know how much I have loved Jinder Mahal for the longest time. But let's face it, uh, this 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 could have been a, a Raw match. Why, why, why did you put this? If you had to fill... If you had to fill and compensate for Goldberg's uh, five to seven good minutes... Uh, by putting in a uh, pure life commercial and having uh, having uh, Xavier Woods dress up as uh, the bad guy and spray down the Miz and Morrison. I mean, if you have time for that, you might as well have just completely cut this match out. We didn't need to see this. I love Jinder Mahal, but he didn't need to see it. We it didn't need to be there. So we'll just move on. I mean, Drew McIntyre wins, and they got to build him back up again. Uh, I, I don't like it at the expect of, expense of Jinder Mahal, but he'll be fine. So he'll probably be reopening uh, WWE India anytime soon anyway. This one was unfortunate. This one was Charlotte Flair beating Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley for the women's title. Um, this match, you know, triple threat matches are clunky, clumsy at nature. So this was already kind of a, eh, you know, on, uh, as far as that goes, uh, Charlotte, uh, almost killed Nikki with a moonsault off the top rope. And, uh, Charlotte almost whacked the back of her leg as well on the top rope or on the uh, barrister. Uh, what happened was is she was doing what she did her, which she hasn't done in a while. I don't know if that's relevant, but uh, she did her uh, sky twister press off the top rope. Usually it's just a moonsault, but she did the sky twister press and uh, she landed, or at least she whacked Nikki in the head with her shin. And then Nikki kind of took a weird, bump on the corner of the barricade and it looked like she might have actually knocked herself out. You can see Rhea saying on the ground, asking her if she's all right by covering up, you know, she did one of these 
to cover up so people couldn't see her talking to Nikki. Uh, the, the, the camera guy should have just laid out and got out of the way and just not, you know, they should have uh, done something else. They should have panned away or gotten another shot of Charlie getting up because, uh, yeah, it was obvious. Poor Nikki, you know, she really did wrestle well. She did a lot in that match, of course, because she's the kind of the scrappy young little heel or a baby face uh, with a tweener and the heel. So, of course, she's going to do a lot of the work. She's going to do a lot. Get, she's going to catch a lot of the offense. She's going to be the victim a lot. You know, she's going to do the Ricky Morton thing. It ended up working out. They're making Charlotte happy. They're giving her more of an incentive to stay in WWE, less of an incentive to just basically uh, walk off and go to Mexico or AEW because the rest of her family is there anyway. So, you know. Uh, next match. Next match, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Edge versus Seth Rollins. This is, Or Edge versus Edge Light. Uh, this was cool because, you know, it was – one of those matches where guys are similar in styles, you know, Edge did say, of course, that he's just a, Seth Rollins, just a younger version of him, which is kind of true. Um, super athletic guys really went after it. They did a nice job and they were, they did a great job with the ring psychology too, with uh, Seth Rollins taking a couple of powders uh, with Edge coming out with the brood. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Gangrel lives in Vegas. I was kind of lightweight, wishing for Gangrel to come out too. Uh, but uh, it was just uh, Edge dressed as the brood. And that was kind of a nice little throwback. But it also made us both, my buddy and I, feel sad that uh, Christian couldn't have been there. So um, the execution, the, uh, like he pulled, he pulled out all of his old moves. They put the old moves on each other. Uh Seth Rollins even attempted a Phoenix Splash that I don't think they sold very heavily. Uh, a lot of good stuff. We did tease the curb stomp on the surgically repaired neck. There was a couple of spots outside of the ring with that too. Almost came uh, to fruition. Seth Rollins came close twice. Uh, they used the steps. They milked it. It was it was good psychology all around. It was a really good match. Um. And at the end, Edge beat Seth Rollins with the spear. So uh, Seth Rollins doesn't lose anything from this. Edge still stays relevant for however long else he needs to stay relevant. Maybe they take this feud on. It would be nice if they could take this feud on uh, through uh, maybe possibly uh, Survivor Series, if not Royal Rumble. I don't know if you want to take it all the way through to uh, – WrestleMania per se, but at least you can bring it to Extreme Rules, which will be here in the beautiful city of Cleveland or Columbus, Ohio, um, next month. So we shall see. But good match. Happy with it. Happy with everything that happened. Um, next match, shocker, in a way that you wouldn't expect as this was actually a pretty good Goldberg match. And not only was it a pretty good Goldberg match, but it was a pretty good psychology-based Goldberg match. When's the last time you got a psychology-based Goldberg match? So it was Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg for the WWE Championship. I will say the fans were not pleased to see Goldberg. Interestingly enough, because Goldberg got a huge pop when he came out, 
but the crowd turned immediately to Bobby Lashley. And it's the same thing. Bobby Lashley, you know, did this pretty much the same thing that he did at Kofi Kingston. He manhandled Bill Goldberg, threw him around a little bit, and they gave him a very, uh, uh, I don't really want to call it cheap, soft, or I'm going to call it. They gave him a very interesting psychological out. So Goldberg and Bobby Lashley were just giving it to each other, which was really good. Uh, Goldberg had a really nice five to seven minutes. You call it the Goldberg standard because if you can get five to seven minutes out of Goldberg before he starts getting blown up, then you've accomplished quite a bit. So Goldberg came out. He did some nice things, right? Uh, there was a little sketchiness as far as uh, a suplex goes. He's just not as strong as he used to be. And, you know, it's one thing, like, at some point his strength peaked when he jackhammered the giant. But even now, he still obviously is, has lost a ton of his strength, even though he probably hasn't lost any mass or body weight, per se. And if you can't get uh, Bobby Lashley up there. You shouldn't try. Don't do stuff that you can't do anymore. Looking at you, Chris Jericho and the Lion Salt. Um, other than that, like it was still rough and tumble. They both, you know, ate the post a couple of times. They they did spear each other, go after each other. So I was, I was actually happy. You know, it, it looked pretty stiff. Goldberg looked good with what he was doing. He obviously has tried to get on a treadmill or something. I'm not hating on Goldberg per se, but it was what it was. After about seven minutes or so, that's all you could get from Goldberg. So they went to the uh, the knee. Uh, Bobby Lashley had some good chop blocks, and again, to Goldberg's credit, he bumped the two chop blocks really well. Like you could see, like he did a complete flip twice, front flip, front flip bump twice from a fifty-something-year-old Goldberg. So I'm very impressed. He sold it well. The psychology of it. Lashley then just destroyed his his leg, and uh, it was called due to referee stoppage. And your winner and still champion, Bobby Lashley. And then after that, he went back into the ring to waffle Goldberg a couple of times with a steel chair. Again, Goldberg's selling. When's the last time Goldberg sold? Ask, ask, ask yourself, when's the last time Goldberg sold a move? And yet here we are. So it kept working. Goldberg was, this is probably one of Goldberg's best matches as a professional. I know I'm saying that and doubting what I what he just said as I said it. Um, then as this was happening, uh, Gage pulled the Popeye as all I can stand. I can't stand no more. And he hit the ring to try to fend off Bobby Lashley's uh, steel chair onslaught to his dad. Well, Bobby Lashley catches Gage from behind and puts him in the hurt lock, makes him pass out. And then uh, uh, MVP had to come in and go, whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. I didn't call for this. This is Bobby Lashley's uh, uh, emotions getting the best of him. This this just should be a message. Like, leave the kid alone, leave the kid alone. This is a message to you, Goldberg, and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So Goldberg realizes that his son is lying prone. By the way, his son is... Uh, what, 16, 17, he's a sophomore, and his uh, his football team is supposed to, I don't know if he lives in Texas or Vegas, I'm not 100% sure. I thought I said Vegas. Well, anyway, uh, Goldberg's uh, son's football team is supposed to compete for uh, the state championship, and I don't know if that's going to happen now, because uh, it looks like uh, the Almighty One has damaged uh, his son, and 
now that uh, Bill Goldberg was aware of it, he covered his son up and then he looks into the camera and yells at, or not in the camera, but he yells at Bobby Lashley and said, this isn't over and uh, I'm going to kill you. So if we take the championship context out of it, do you feel a lot better if Bill Goldberg and Bobby Lashley have a couple more wrestling matches? If they take the wrestling component, I'm sorry, not the wrestling. If they take the championship component out of it, if it's non-title matches, if it's just grudge matches, I'm okay. If Bill Goldberg is out of the title picture, I'm okay. If he's in the title picture, then there's problems. So I'm okay with Goldberg sticking around to just fight. I can even see him coming on Monday Night Raw tomorrow and saying, go to uh, Lashley. It's not about the title anymore. I don't care about winning a belt. I care about beating you up because you mess with my son. So I could totally see that happening. Hopefully it will. Hopefully it won't. Uh, probably best Goldberg match I've seen in a long time. Finally, we get to the main event of the evening. Roman Reigns versus John Cena and all the yapping and all the talking and all the trash talking going on back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Uh, match crowd was into it. Let's go Cena. Let's go. Rome. I mean, you know, uh, Roman Reigns is full heel. So he got a lot more booze, but there were some people who were behind him. There were some people who are acknowledging him as the head of the table. So uh, really good. Like, Match. It didn't look like John Cena missed a step at all. Uh, he did kind of miss the five knuckle shuffle, but it didn't look like he missed a step at all. There was the big standoffs and the and the shoulder shrugs and the and the you know moving around back and forth. Uh, John Cena did some amazing work as like being helpless. Roman Reigns did a nice job talking trash. All dude does is talk trash throughout the match. Uh, you know, you came back for this, blah blah blah. What were some of the other lines that Roman Reigns had? I'm trying to remember. Um, uh, five move, moves of doom he referenced. He just was on fire talking crap to John Cena. Uh, Cena comes firing back. Uh, good stuff for both. The fake, you know, uh, Cena took about, to his credit, he took about three Superman punches. Uh, there was missed Superman punches. Uh, Cena pulled the uh, attitude adjustment from the second rope. Uh, you know, what, what do I do to put Roman Reigns away? That kind of thing. That was really cool. Uh, but in the end, uh, Roman Reigns hit the Superman punch followed or, um, from uh, the spear and got John Cena, put him away. Cena rolls out of the ring. And then as soon as Roman Reigns stands victorious with the Universal Championship, the second shocking event of the evening. That's right. Roman Reigns stands with Paul Heyman in the middle of the ring to hear the scratch of the bass guitar and da -da, da -da, the crowd goes banana as uh, sporting a new Viking like look. The beast incarnate Brock Lesnar makes his way down to the ring, comes down wearing a muscle shirt and uh, jeans that made him look like he had a frog butt. Let's just say Brock probably has not been spending as much time in the gym as he has in the past, but he did come out to confront Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman, who was aghast, who was in shock, who was mortified, and he rolled out of the ring, followed by the dirty looks from the still WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar uh, came in, crowd went nuts, and again, 
for those of you who criticize part-time wrestlers and the WWE keeping bringing these guys back, Bill Goldberg still got a huge pop. Becky Lynch got an enormous pop. Brock Lesnar got a pretty good-sized pop for being back. So what is the future? What's the landscape going to look from SummerSlam on out now? Very interesting. I'm all for seeing a Brock Lesnar babyface run because that's something that we really haven't explored with him. He had a kind of babyface run for a while, uh, which quickly devolved into jerk heel again, you know, with uh, uh, mariachi dancing and all that stuff. Brock Lesnar can be funny if he's being uh, aloof and a jerk, but when he's being uh, like serious, there's not much there. Brock also has underrated mic skills, and I'm pretty sure at 43, 44, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt to be able to say what he wants. I'd love to hear him cut a promo on SmackDown on Friday saying, uh, you know, look at all this money that I made this company. Look at all this money that I made Vince McMahon. Look at all this company that I made money that I made Paul Heyman. Look at all this money that I made myself. The only person who's not making money in this company is Roman Reigns. And I'd like to see a babyface, heel-ish, babyface promo and run for Brock Lesnar. I think it'd be a lot of fun. We haven't had uh, a babyface Brock Lesnar in quite some time. So that is the shocking results of SummerSlam. And what happened? The fallout was from SummerSlam. So that begs the question. Which appearance was more shocking? Which appearance had the bigger impact this week? Was it CM Punk? taking a 16-year absence from pro wrestling? Was it the return of the neo-Viking, the beast, the incarnate Brock Lesnar? Or was it Becky Lynch, the man's stunning return and subsequent win at last night's SummerSlam? If you want to quantify it, I think there's a way to do it which doesn't denigrate uh, what people think and it doesn't denigrate anybody's uh, feelings about their favorite wrestler coming back. So I'm going to take a stab and I'm going to uh, try to put some context into this. Brock's return was more shocking because we didn't expect it at all. Yes, Nick Khan and Vince have been cutting um, payroll and salary like cutting out paper snowflakes, just hacking it to death, like Charlie Brown tried to put together his ghost costume. But Becky Lynch had the biggest pop. I know that's going to anger some of you. And again, it's going to lead to some of you saying, oh, you're just a CM Punk hater. You're just an AEW hater. No, because I already kind of started that conversation earlier in the podcast as to why I'm really not. 
but punks gave the most fan service and that's clear that's clear that this was a move to kind of recapture fans of CM Punk plus kind of do fan service for the AEW crowd that's already going to watch whatever AEW does anyway. So let me kind of expand upon that. But we again, we had no idea that Brock Lesnar was coming back. So this was kind of a weird surprise and this kind of makes sense. And maybe this is Brock's final huge run on top of the WWE. Clearly the guy's not going back to MMA. I think he's happy where he is and he's just going to make some final money with a final run and probably just officially retire, or at least become a part-timer anyway. And if he beats Roman Reigns for the belt, uh, people are going to say, Hey, this is Brock. His final run was a baby face. So we're good. Punk again, he may have injected life into pro wrestling and he may have injected buzz and he's finally happy and he's finally at a good place in his career. But it's very questionable whether the mainstream wrestling audience was really wanting CM Punk back. How many of those CM Punk chants were we genuinely want CM Punk to return versus how many CM Punk chants were there just to piss off Vince McMahon? It's hard to determine. Now, even Jim Cornette even came out and, and complimented CM Punk by saying that at least the guy who hasn't been wrestling in like 10 plus years was still able to stay relevant enough for people to chant his name and pay out big bucks to want to try to see him. Which, again, I'm not hating that. If you can make money and if you can stay off unemployment, you can be happy making money, then God bless you. I don't care really what you do. But again, I don't want to get back into what I already said in the beginning part of this podcast. So let's just say again, Punks was the most fan service, but the biggest pop, and you can't argue with me on this one, the biggest pop was Becky Lynch. It was so audibly loud. It was way louder. And Okay, get me on the technicality. If you have proof that WWE pumped in... uh, music or pumped in sound, crowd sound to make it seem like the whole place came unglued when she came out, that's fine. I hear that there were lots of problems at Allegiant Stadium last night, but that wasn't WWE's fault. That was more of an Allegiant Stadium, Jerry Jones, Jerry World fault. For Becky Lynch to win the belt uh, was, uh, I guess, the biggest pop for her to even come out. And then for her to win the belt, I think it was really satisfying for a lot of people. It's going to put uh, the WWE, at least the women's division or the SmackDown division, in a very good place. So just to sum up, Brock's was more shocking. Punk's was more fan service for uh, certain uh, groups of wrestling fans. But Becky Lynch, by far, was the loudest reaction from the crowd. Because I think out of all three... I think the one wrestler everyone was looking forward to seeing come back was Becky Lynch. Woo! Well, we got through that. So I'm really glad that you joined me. I know this is a really long, (laughs) a really really thought-provoking podcast. And thanks for hanging with me throughout this whole thing. I appreciate you, obviously. I appreciate you helping the brand grow. I appreciate you tuning in, telling your friends. Don't forget, like, share. Uh, subscribe, do all those things. Uh, And uh, 
if I did have a final word on the impact that all three of these wrestlers are going to have, I just want to say that, first of all, like who you like. If you don't like a wrestler, it's fine. Like who you like. If you like AEW and you're a fan of AEW, be that. If you don't like AEW, don't call anybody an idiot. Don't say that they're stupid. Don't say that there's that other thing. Don't antagonize. There, we, there's no need to antagonize fans across uh, across promotions. You know, it's PC or Mac. It's DC or Marvel. It's Coke or Pepsi. All wrestling is good. Appreciate it for what it is. I'm happy that people are happy that CM Punk is back. CM Punk isn't as relevant to me as he used to be. I'm not all that interested. I am intrigued as to what might happen. I am intrigued as to him fighting Darby Allen in his first match back as a professional wrestler. But I'm not hating on CM Punk, and I'm certainly not hating on fans of CM Punk. It's just not my cup of tea anymore. It's not my interest. It's not my wheelhouse. I'm happy that he's able to make money. I'm happy that he's able to reconnect with his fans. And I'm happy he could find a place to do it that would accept him all around and accept his fans all around. I'm happy that Brock Lesnar's back. I know that some of you don't like that because he's a part-timer, et cetera, et cetera. I get that people were not happy with how the WWE handled Becky Lynch winning the belt last night. But again, WWE's not your cup of tea, then then don't hate on people who still like it. Yes, the majority of people like uh, WWE. The majority of people like Disney. The majority of people like McDonald's. Like what you like, and please try to be good to other people about what they don't like and just say, hey, agree to disagree. Have fun doing you. If you're having fun rooting for CM Punk again, God bless you, more power to you. And if we had more of that in pro wrestling, especially fandom, and less toxic fandom where we're going after each other on social media, I think we'd all be in a better place. So that's it for this week's edition of the Heel and Face podcast. I appreciate you uh, sticking with me for this long time. Uh, have fun tonight watching wrestling. Have fun this week. Uh, enjoy the week that was in pro wrestling. Uh, and uh, for uh, Heel Turn Wrestling, this is Steve see with the heel and face podcast a podcast dedicated to the world of professional wrestling and i'm out peace